It is summer, glorious, delicious, spicy summer. And just like your favorite summer hits, I'm bringing back some of my favorite episodes this summer from season one and season two. And this month, I'm really excited because I'm highlighting some of my delicious divorce dad and dude episodes with my Men in the Mix June lineup. So grab a cool drink, find a sunny spot, and of course, invite your friends to join in. It's time to soak up all the replay rays this summer on Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast. Do you know where your e-spot is? Your e-spot, not your sweet spot or your g-spot, your e-spot. Well, are you curious to find out? I hope you said yes. And if you're interested in deepening the relationships in your life, connecting with your e-spot, in my opinion, is key. I don't know about you, but when I hear the word empathy, I feel a rush of comfort. To have someone create space to really listen to me, to be really present with me, to really want to understand me, that's an incredible feeling. Yet I also feel a longing when I hear the word empathy, as I, I don't think it's a skill many of us have fully harnessed. Definitely, I know I have not. So it's time, it's time for me to really dig deep and find my e-spot and practice this thing called empathy. Are you ready to be a little vulnerable with me today? We can hold hands virtually. We can do this together. It'll be okay. And fortunately for us, today's guest is an empathy expert. I know, talk about a job title, right? When I first met Luis Marino, we were scheduled to discuss my photography business during a Zoom chat, which we all know are not very exciting. But the conversation soon focused on his expertise around empathy, and it got really juicy. I think I asked him about 5 million questions within an hour. We talked nonstop about the correlation between empathy, sex, and love. I know, it was officially delicious. My conversation with Luis today will be a snapshot of our hour-long chat, but I feel confident it will enlighten and inspire you to look for your e-spot. Now, let's first get to know Luis a little bit better with some burning questions. Burning questions. Let's turn up the heat for 60 seconds. 60 seconds of burning questions with my guest, emotional intelligence activist, Louise Marino. So wonderful to have you on the episode today talking about the e-spot. But before we get to that delicious topic, are you ready, Louise? Are you ready for some burning questions? Let's do it. Okay. These are tailored just for you. And you want to try and answer as many as you can in 60 seconds. Okay. It's going to be playful fun. What's your favorite way to feel? Happy. Would you rather apologize or never make mistakes? Apologize. Men love women who... Are confident. Favorite smell? Hmm, lavender. Would you rather be able to read minds or predict the future? Read minds. Failure is... Not finding what you love in life. Scale of 1 to 10, how good are you at doing the Cupid shuffle? (laughs) Uh, 7. Do you enjoy group hugs? Yes. Would you rather share an on-screen kiss with Mark Anthony or George Clooney? (laughs) George Clooney. (laughs) Women love men who? Uh, I would say are confident. No, uh, are funny. What did you want to be when you were a kid? A doctor. Where is your e-spot? In my heart. Oh, in his heart. Oh, gushing, gushing over here. That was so fun for me. How was that for you? Yeah, that's good. Some surprising questions there. (laughs) Well, now we are going to 
dive right into this delicious topic, the e-spot. What is the e-spot, Luis? Uh, e-spot. So I'm excited. We're going to be talking about like empathy and what it can do for you, you know, in terms of relationships. So looking forward to doing some discoveries uh, here together. I am curious to learn from you, how can after a divorce or a breakup, how does the listener, how can the listener reclaim his or her e-spot? So how in everyday life can we practice more empathy with others that we know and trust? Oh, absolutely. Uh, One of the pieces with empathy is actually that it is starting to connect with others and and trying to connect with what others could be feeling. So uh, developing the, the muscle, the ability to imagine what somebody else may have felt in the past, may be feeling now or may actually feel in the future as a response to a certain stimuli. So as we go and, and you know, talk with our uh, relatives at home and when we go to work and you know, are uh, interacting with others, either at our the children. workplace or children, anyone, or you know, at the supermarket, the, the coffee, is that um, every time that we look around and we see what people are going through, that we actually take a pause and think, what may that feel like, right? Somebody comes in and says, oh, you know, I just went through this. Uh, Sometimes what uh, our um, default reaction is to go back to something that has, when somebody tells us that something has happened to them, we go back to something similar that, that has happened to us. And then we may think that what the person is feeling is the same as what we felt when when that happened to us. But interestingly enough, and, and, and that's why we say things like, oh, Sadie, I know exactly what you're going through. Oh, you just got to divorce. I know exactly what you're feeling because I got a divorce too. But actually, that's not the case because every divorce is different, right? So like, even though I went through a divorce, you know, if I had gone through a divorce, if I went to a, uh, through a divorce and you're going through one now, I still don't know what you're feeling. So the first thing that we want to do is instead of saying, I know exactly what you're feeling is to say, hey, how are you feeling? Right. I think that's, a lot of us, like you thing. said, project our own experience onto someone else. Yes. I also think a common theme, and I want to hear what you think about this. A common theme is trying to fix it. You want to fix yes. it for someone. And that's yeah, not what because we are in about. project mode. Yeah, no, thank you. you. You bring up actually an excellent point. There's a lot of uh, research on this. Is that we've been conditioned, especially like you know, in the in the Western you know society, kind of the productivity is that our brains are conditioned to find solutions, right? So when somebody is telling us something, our brain goes in default to trying to solve the situation that is being presented to us, right? But many times, the reason why people are telling us uh, something, especially when it is about like a personal situation, they are really is a way to get it out, you know, get it off their chest, but they really are not looking for a solution. They just want somebody to listen to them and sometimes listen attentively without saying anything, right? So another way to experience the e-spot is to learn to listen and, and you know, stop that temptation to want to give the solution to what someone is, is telling us that they're going through. After a divorce, people start dating. And I'm yes. curious to hear from you, how can someone, how can the listener practice empathy on a first yes. date. Can you can yes. you practice empathy on a first date? What does that look like? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, if we go back to my point earlier is that so you you one exercise that you could do is think about all the information that you have about that person. You know, you may have uh, a little information, maybe a lot of information, maybe no information 
information. Anyway, all the information that you have. And you can start thinking about how the information that you have about the, as you're you know, kind of trying to build that profile in your head, what those experiences may have meant or how may, may it have felt uh, for the person to have gone through whatever information you have about them. And then when you meet with the person and the person is talking to you, right, then the first exercise is, it's called the, the triggers. So triggers, somebody's telling me something and whenever they say something that connects with my world, it basically activates something in my mind and I want to start talking about it because it's, it connects with my world. But there is actually an exercise there, you know, many techniques and exercises to suppress that so that when the person says something to you that would activate, that would otherwise activate something in your you know, own experience that relates to that. And when you're going to start talking about, you actually stop that and you allow for the person to tell you what they want to tell. Now, this is it's actually very fascinating because there is, um, there is a, a vector in that it starts with listening, right? So I, list, I let you finish your phrases. I don't complete your right, phrases. Right, you're not interrupting I, I me. Okay, I don't interrupt you. you. You tell me the whole thing. That's step number one. Step number two is that I actually need to pay attention to what you're saying to me. So it's not just let you finish the phrase and let you speak, but I actually need to be thinking attentively about what is it that you are telling me. That's step number two. Step number three is actually that I need to get interested in what you are telling me. Because, for example, you know, if you are telling me about music that you like and you're telling me about a certain you know, artist and a certain uh, song, so in step number one is I'll let you complete the whole, fa- the whole phrase. You tell me what is the artist, what is the song, what is the kind of music, all that. That's step number one. Step number two is I need to actually pay attention what is it about, you know, what is the what is the, the singer or what is the artist, what is the song that you're telling, what is the name and all that. And then step number three is that I actually I need to connect in my brain to process, okay, oh, the name of that person is, you know, X, uh, you know, for example, uh, Michael Bublé, you know, and, you know, who is that artist? Where is he from? What kind of music does he play? And then, so an example of that would be that actually I would go and do, you know, go to Google, go to uh, YouTube, and then actually like, uh, you know, Google it, search it, because that is a way to manifest basically that curiosity and that interest in what you are telling me. So that, and then the step number four is to actually go back to you and say, hey, thank you for the recommendation about Michael Bublé. I went home, I was researching, you know, I, I searched for it on Google and I found there is a song that is that I really like because... Right. So then that is kind of like the complete process of actually listening uh, empathetically to someone. Now I am just feeling really curious about how that style of going on a date would lead to intimacy. So I have to ask, what is the correlation between sex and empathy? We're all wondering. Yeah. I'm wondering. The listener's wondering. <laughs> of course. Well, remember that, you know, men are from, from Mars, right? And we I've heard that planets. once or twice. <laughs> so the way that we have been trained and conditioned as men is that we're really focused. We're hyper-focused on, you know, first is we're focused on ourselves, but we're also focused on getting results, right? On, on finding the solution to a problem. So that's why, like, men are not so much into shopping. Things that we just want to get in, get, you know, that belt that we need and come out as quickly as possible because we are just trying to get to that target. So 
So the same thing can happen to, you know, relationship in that, you know, if I am looking for a relationship and maybe, you know, if I have, if I'm interested in having some intimacy, I can go into it like the hunter, right? So I'm just like hyper-focused on myself, my own needs and what I, you know, the objective of the, of the night. And, but what happens of is that night. actually- That was great. The objective, <laughs> the objective of the night. Check. This okay. is one of those. That's great. I love honesty. <laughs> <laughs> but this is one of the, the times where actually being hyper-focused can actually give you the, the opposite result, right? So it can be counterintuitive in here because, it, and, and, you know, not all men are the same and not all women are the same, but there are, I, I know, you know, just statistically speaking, you know, uh, many women would actually would want to connect, uh, right? So, you know, there is, say, a woman who is interested actually in intimacy and would, you know, would be, you know, that there is there's a dinner or, or, you know, there's a date that could lead to something more, you know, back home. Uh, but before that, the requirement is we really need to connect. Like I need to feel something, right? And then to be able to get to that connection, there is that. Uh, so, for example, there could be something that uh, helps me to connect, like generosity, you know, and one way to express generosity is, are you interested in what I have to say? If I am sharing something with you, are you generous with your time? Are you generous with your attention? You know, can you make me feel that what I'm telling you matters to you, right? So I may, you know, maybe in an hour or two, I may feel like, a, you know, I, I want some action, but right now I want to tell you something that may be sad that I went through or something, a tough situation at home or with my, you know, at work or something. And uh, it is necessary for me to be able to move into the next you know part of the process that i feel that you care about me because you know maybe uh i could be for example a woman that uh is more likely to move into the next step if i feel trust and one of the way in which i may feel trust is if i can feel that what i am telling you matters to you right so then we hear men in our minds that we're just kind of with the with the target in our head just try to you know move full speed to try to get to that as quickly as possible <laughs> and then so we basically are not um you know it just it's not working because we're in two different uh we have two different objectives or, or we may have the same objective but we're trying to go at it you know uh, in a with a different approach right so if men want more sex they should be practicing their their e-spot is what i'm hearing <laughs> Yes, yes, absolutely. I think that so it's kind of a so for in 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 man speak. Right. Uh, one way to look at it could be could, <laughs> say it could be lose to win. So it's like if you are really trying to get out of it as quickly as possible and this and that, and you it may not happen. But if you just kind of relax, take it easy, you know, take your time and and you know concentrate and pay attention and all that, you know, you are losing quote unquote uh, some time because you're not going to get it as quickly, you know, as you want and stuff. But eventually, you know, so but you'll win uh, because. Uh, eventually you know it'll happen and, and it may be a better experience right uh because because you know i mean think about it like eventually if you're trying to go at it you know in 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 this very you know uh like the hunter you know there could be a woman says well yeah whatever let's do it you know but it's like yeah you know take <laughs> take what you need and go but there really is not that you know the real true meaningful connection that could happen if all their pieces of other requirements are met 
which is time and attention and, you know, connect empathetically, listen to me, uh, help me feel that you care about me. I think a lot of men want love. Yes. And getting to the love they, my observation is through the sex, but that isn't always sustaining. Mm -hmm. So if a man really wants love, how is empathy critical to that? Yeah, great question. And you know, um, really love is to feel so, so here's a thought. Some people feel complete by themselves. Like I am, you know, and they'll use language like, you know, I'm a very independent person. Like I don't need anybody. It's like, I don't, you know, I, I'm completely fine by myself. And, you, you know, and some people may say it because it's a way to, you know, um, you know, it's, it's like a defense yeah, uh, mechanism. Yeah, but some people may actually feel that and be convinced of that. You know, there there are some people that feel that really they are complete and they don't need, you know, they may need somebody for a moment or something, but they don't need someone in their life. But the reality for life, I mean, for love or, you know, one reality of love is that uh, one way in which you can feel uh, love is uh, through appreciation and gratitude, right? So there is a vector, appreciation, gratitude, and love. And to feel appreciation, you need to feel that that's something, the, the other thing is something that you need. So then, you know, it's the opposite of that. In the first case, we thought of someone that is like, hey, you know, I'm completely independent. I'm fine by myself. I don't need anybody. And so if I don't need anybody, it is going to be hard for me to appreciate the company of someone or appreciate someone in my life. And if I don't appreciate it, I'm not going to be grateful for it. And if I'm not grateful for it, it's harder for me to feel love because love can be you know, like a resulting effect of uh, appreciation and gratitude. Now, on, in the other example, right, if I live my life thinking that I am more like uh, I am, I was created in this universe as a half of something and I'm unbalanced. And when I find the the, the best, the best of me, the, the best, um, you know, uh, version of me, is when I feel full and to feel full and complete is when I find that other half. So if I, if I feel uh, about, if I think of life in that way, if I feel about me and about life in that way, then when I find someone, then I'm going to feel that appreciation to have that in my life because maybe I feel now in balance, right? That I am in balance and so if i feel that that is something that is important to me and it's necessary for me to feel uh right to feel well then i'm going to feel appreciation consequently i'm going to be grateful and if i am grateful i'm going to feel love or i am more likely to feel love because it's not a guarantee but you know you have a higher chance to love someone if you are grateful for the person that if you're not I agree. Appreciation means so much. Yes. This has been so incredibly helpful. I want to ask you one more question that I know the listener might be thinking as well. After you've gone through a divorce, that is a major heartbreak. That is a major rejection. I know personally, it's been harder for me to want to be emotionally vulnerable. Being sexually intimate yeah. has been a lot easier and a lot of fun, but wanting to <laughs> really be emotionally vulnerable has been trickier for me. So what do you say to the listener who's also feeling the same way that I am. Oh, absolutely. How do we take that risk? Well, first, yeah, I think you have to feel that you want it and you need it. Uh, so, like, if if you feel you need it and you want it, then you need to make the decision to go for it. And then, you know, you have to trust. Obviously, we need to like use all the information we can to try to reduce the risk, but 
make the decision to trust and go for it because the, the big love is worthy. I agree. Well, this has been so fun to talk to you. I am feeling all the love from you around this whole topic of the e-spot. Thank you for your amazing work of connecting with people around emotional connections, empathy, all of that. It's just so important. So appreciate you today. Thank you, Sadie. And thank you for the opportunity you know, to be here with you today. It was fun. And then for everyone out there uh, listening, I would say, hey, you know, go for your e-spot. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be worth it. So go for it. And how can the listener find you? Is, do you have a website you can share? Instagram, yes. Facebook? Absolutely. So Luis Moreno, all together in one word, uh, L-U-I-S-M-O-R-E-N-O. And then in the same word, T-C for Twin Cities, business. Uh, so B <laughs> T-C-B-P-N, Twin Cities Business Peer Network. So Luis Moreno, T-C-B-P-N. You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, everywhere. <laughs> And I also have all that information in the show notes. So look for the information in the show notes if you'd like to follow Luis. I do, and I find his sharings just so wonderful and helpful around empathy, emotional connection. Thank you again, Luis. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Looking forward to connecting with you all. That was officially a stimulating conversation. And I, ha I had no idea you could practice empathy that concretely on a first date. Did you know this? Have you done this? Has someone else done this for you on a first date. Talk about a turn on, right? Well, I know when I have my next video chat, because that's how I date these days, I'm going to practice some empathy. I'm looking forward to it. And I want to know if you on your next first date experience some delicious e-spot fun. Keep me posted. Well, talking about all of this empathy and connection definitely makes me feel happy. And it's the perfect time then, of course, to share a tip to happiness with you. Say these tips to happiness. What can lead to happiness? Practicing some self-empathy. I know you pay a lot of attention to your friends and to your coworkers and to your kids and to the people you're dating. And now my tip to happiness is for you this week is to practice some self-empathy. I want to know, how are you really creating space to be fully present with yourself? How are you listening, really listening to that part of you that tells yourself the truth, that says, I'm afraid, or this is hard, or I'm sad? Now, if you can give yourself an orgasm, which I really enjoy doing, I know you can give yourself some empathy too. And so after this podcast, I want you to do an exercise. I want you to write down these three things. I feel, I want... I need. And I don't want you to judge your answers or overthink them. I just want you to be present. I just want you to acknowledge and I want you just to appreciate how you feel, what you want, and what you need. Just start there. Just start there and know that it's just a small step and a beautiful way to practice some self-empathy, to just be there for yourself, to really listen to yourself, to create space for yourself. One thing I've learned, and maybe you've learned this too through your divorce, I've learned that my relationship with myself matters a lot. And I've learned that I can be a real deep source of support to myself. And that doesn't mean I don't need people. I do need people. I love people. But I can be a huge champion for myself just by how I talk to myself, how I create space for myself just to be, just to be where I'm at and just be accepting of how I'm feeling. And I know when my relationship with me is good, everything around me is just a lot easier. When I'm being kind to myself, when I'm really listening to myself, 
when I'm really honoring my needs and my feelings, it's so much easier to honor somebody else and listen to them and be there for them. I'm going to practice my self-empathy this week, and I want you to do the same. And that's my tip to happiness for you. Look at you grow on your ease spot, practicing empathy on a first date, practicing some self-empathy. I love it. You know, maybe that is where the magic is. I've always wondered, like, where is the magic when it comes to relationships? And I feel like we've tapped into something today with my guest, Louise. Empathy. Empathy. If we can all practice more empathy towards others and towards ourselves, I think that's the path to the most happy place. And I know I'm curious to find out, and I hope you are too. Please be sure to follow, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. You can also follow Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to visit divorcedandhappy.net to find all of the podcast episodes and my blog. If you've found value in this episode, or if you've been listening to the podcast for some time now, I'd love for you to consider buying me a cup of coffee. It's simple. Just visit buymeacoffee.com backslash Sadie Marie, and you can buy me a cup or two online. And I thank you for your support. I'm your host, Sadie Marie, on a mission to find her e-spot. And I cannot wait to connect with you on the next podcast episode. Till then, you take good care.